On this episode of Resi Week, the founder of Savant is back as CEO. You can now get Sonos at Apple stores and is DIY getting scary for the residential dealer. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 35, recorded Monday, October 3rd, 2016. Scary DIY. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Draper. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. Today, I'm pleased to be what joined by my good friend rick johnson rick how are you today i'm terrific how are you doing matt i'm doing great if you don't know rick you definitely need to he is an awesome guy i met him first at, through cd tweeps right that's correct excellent uh he is the chief technologist at right at home technologies uh it's his first time so we're going to be really nice or i'm going to be really nice you should be um, i'm always nice i'm canadian uh <laughs> And last but not least, we've got Tim Albright. He's the founder of Aviation.tv. He's uh, he's going to be adding his esteemed uh, commentary esteemed. to the show today. Esteemed. I like that. Esteemed. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, let's jump right in. Um, Rick, I'm going to go directly to you. You wrote a, a follow-up article um, about a week after Cedia posted it on Facebook, and it was... It wasn't your normal follow-up article. Um, give us a little background about, you know, kind of what you were talking about, um, and why it it meant so much for you to to write that in that that way. Well, if you, as you know, uh, part of the uh, Cedia Tweet program is, is to write like for the show to get people excited about coming, your followers and whatnot. And during that time, I'd written about, about uh, three or four different items we were going to look for as far as a company on the show floor. Right. And throughout the, throughout the, uh, the, uh, the show, uh, my son Benjamin and I uh, went throughout, I think, about 100% of the show this year and uh, looked for very specific answers to things. But on the last day of the show, kind of wrapping things up, uh, we uh, had stopped at the, uh, the CDA's main booth to uh, do some reviews with uh, Dave Chick and uh, Dave Pedigo about some uh, items we had talked about earlier in the day. Uh, I'm also on a, on a technology committee with CDA and C CTA. Uh, so that was part of the reason we were there. And I had been looking to say hi to all the different CDA tweets throughout the week. And I hadn't met this one young lady. She, she was part of the package and she had to leave because of work things. And behold, she strolled into the booth and we got introduced. And uh, the conversation, one of the things she says, she's real, a real bubbly person and a really terrific person, by the way. But she asked me, she said, what, what just wowed you at the show? And uh, I told her that I wasn't really wild with anything at the show. And she didn't take that really well. And about an hour later, she tweeted out, right at home tech, how could you be a Cedia tweet? if you're not really excited about anything on the show floor. 
And uh, by that time, uh, my son Benjamin and I were, uh, were on the train back to the airport trying to catch our flight. And I tweeted back uh, a series of three tweets trying to explain to her where, where uh, my thought process was and why I answered her that way and how I actually felt about the, the show. And from that point, uh, I started reading the review, listening to the reviews, uh, different people wrote about what they saw at the show, uh, both the, uh, the commercial ones, you know, the Resi systems, uh, CE Pro, stuff, and, then, and then some of the extra uh, blog posts that uh, some of our CDA tweet people put out. And finally, I decided that uh, I needed to, to address what I saw as a problem that we had at the show. In the beginning of my tweet, I kind of addressed just what I talked about just now. Then mm-hmm. I mentioned a little about what I had, ref- uh, how I had responded to the things on my blog post, which I don't know if you want to go into those or not. But the bottom line is, is that as a CEDIA tweet, my fiduciary duty on that job was to tweet and blog about uh, things that were interested to me and my followers to entice them to come to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Part of that is uh, our business model has changed. We've changed from being a traditional AV uh, electronics installer to being a, a very specific practice in aging in place. We we build our entire our entire business now around that's our new our, our, our most of our focus. We don't we haven't given up any of our older clients, but that's our focus is the aging in place market. And the things I'm looking for in that market. None of my control people, and for the most part, none of the people on the show floor had what I was looking for, even in the shading area. Uh, we got a lot of pushback from the shading manufacturers <laughs> when we ask about bottom-up shades versus top-down shades. Right. And uh, dealing with uh, our particular client base, uh, which is uh, about 60% is Alzheimer's or early-onset dementia patients, uh, natural sunlight is very important to them. But as you follow the sun throughout the day, the sun is bright, hot, and glaring when it's up high, but you want the light to come in. So you want the shades to be up tall to block that glare out to bring it in. But as the, as the sun falls, you want to follow the sun with the, with the shade, continuing to block the glare, but allow the natural light to flow over the top of it. Because it's been found that that uh, Alzheimer's patients and dementia patients have a less anger triggers. They get less aggressive the more sunlight that their body absorbs throughout the day. Wow. So that's what we were looking for uh, in that. And we got a lot of pushback from uh, from the, uh, the shade manufacturers that, uh, well, that's just not the traditional way of looking at things. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, I, I think the, the whole of your post brought about a really important part. Um, which is that it, it's not so much that, if I can kind of paraphrase your words a little bit, sure. it's not so much that there wasn't cool stuff on the market and cool stuff being displayed and, and really, you know, amazing things happening at, at the show, but it's that you, for your company, you've done what we've been hearing people talk about for years as far as we need to get away from just being, you know, geeks and techs who, who get all excited over stuff and we need to build sustainable businesses, which is what you've done. You found a vertical that's working for you. And when you got to the show, you found that a lot of the solutions that you were looking for, nobody really had that. So yeah, can you get excited about the show and the cool tech? Sure. But not when you can't find things that make 
you money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, we were looking for uh, really what we're looking for is either RFID mm-hmm. uh, uh, readers in, in pieces or, uh, or uh, Bluetooth uh, uh, chips that we could use to, uh, to, to develop a geofencing product to, uh, to monitor the movement of these, of these, uh, of these uh, individuals. And right. Uh, right. that was a, now we've seen some stuff at CES, but right, it's all right. high in the sky stuff yet. You know, and some of the some of the manufacturers are talking five, six, seven years down the road. Even though RFID is available now, I mean, I have RFID chips now. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, but I can't find a reliable reader that'll talk to my control system. Right. That's right. the that's the uh, the rub. So so now we're, instead of putting a, a main control system in, you have to put in multiple systems to do what's you should be able to do with just one master system anyway but that's uh but the, the gist of my my post was is that you know uh just as you stated we we look at the, at the show as as trying to make our our business more profitable or to expand some of the profit areas that we have mm-hmm. and uh i did see some really awesome things at the show that most of my clients would not be interested in um we saw that the, the that french speaker manufacturer there in the upper hall that, uh, I can't think of the name of them right now, but the little little white speaker with a, a round disc on it looked like a a, a Star Wars uh, oblique. I know, I know who you mean. Um, and uh, went into their sound room and listened to. Uh, well, of course, I'm an opera fan. You know, I'm not into heavy metal as much as everybody else, but I love opera. And they brought up a couple of uh, of opera uh, renditions through their file, and it was just gorgeous in that room. One right. speaker filling the entire space. Yep. Uh, but at fourteen thousand dollars, not many of my clients are going to put, put a room for all those in. So, well, and that's that's always been the difference, and, and you know something that I've noticed for years is, especially when, you know, something that we've had to do as Cedia Tweeps is you know talk about how to get new people into the show and stuff like that. And I always have to when I'm when I'm writing about it, I always have to remind people that, you know. Yes, there's a bunch of really, really cool stuff you can see. You can spend a ton of time in audio demo rooms and stuff like that. But you need to find the stuff that makes you money. You need to find the stuff that hits your clients. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, I feel that gets overlooked because we're, we're all such such geeks. Um, but think talking about something that shouldn't be overlooked, uh, let's, let's swing over to an article from Residential Systems. Uh, and this is about the Savant founder and chairman Robert Madonna is returning as the CEO. He's uh, he's taking the reins back after uh, I think the last two years have been uh, run by the outgoing CEO William Lynch. Um, and this is kind of a I don't, I don't know if it's so much a big deal, uh, but one of the biggest things he said is that uh, they're looking forward to obviously developing new products, but more specifically. Uh, continuing to grow the Savant brand, uh, Rick, do you do you see this as something that's significantly going to help Savant continue to grow, or is this just another? You know, obviously it's a it's a great feel good story that he's coming back, um, but but do you see this as something that's really going to help propel Savant? Well, from my perspective, I think it's a great thing. He has a uh, he always had a very strong vision of where he wanted the company to go. He had a strong vision on the products he uh, he was trying to introduce or wanted to introduce. Uh, and now that he's back, 
I'm hoping that we're going to see some of those things he talked about uh, a couple of years ago actually start to, to grow again versus what Savannah has been for the last two or three years, which I believe is kind of stagnant. It's just kind of kind of leveled off, resting on their laurels. That's mm-hmm. my opinion of the, of the, of the piece. I, I'm really happy to see him back in, 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 in that position. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to, how he's going to, how he's going to reinvigorate his staff from his perspective. Well, Tim, they, you know, they made a big splash uh, last year with some of their native support of uh, a couple cable boxes and Apple and Sonos and stuff like that. Um, does this, does this bode well for, for that whole side? Plus the fact that they've got a growing retail channel uh, through specifically Magnolia. Well, yeah. And that's and to Rick's point, you know, um, Mr. Madonna had said in the past, he had a, a specific idea. You, you almost get the idea that <clears throat> the outgoing CEO didn't exactly jive with, with the, uh, the original CEO and the founders, um, mm-hmm. vision of, of where he, he saw Savant going. I think it's a good sign that, um, you know, at least for Savant and, and for the company, that he's back and that the original, you know, the original visionary, I, I guess, um, is back at the helm and able to direct things. Um, I think the Magnolia thing is interesting. Um, anytime you have a partnership with the retail chain, it, it can go both ways. Uh, it can either be really great for you or really, really bad, uh, depending, honestly, it depends on, it depends on how your, <laughs> how your, how your existing client base takes it, right? Um, if you've got existing integrators who depend on you and, and, and get you through a certain channel, mm-hmm. integrators typically and, and historically aren't a, in a big favor of their clientele being able to, to walk down the street and pick up you know similar products um, by the same name. So that'll be kind of interesting to see how that grows. Yes, definitely it will. Um, I, I think it the, the Best Buy side of it changes because you can only get a certain product or a certain number of products there. Um, and it is some of their stuff that's not as, shall we say, integrator dependent. Uh, but it, it'll be an interesting switch to see uh, what what he does in the first couple of months. Uh, but moving on to something that's potentially scary. Uh, CE Pro, like that segue? Very that's, nice. That was my fantastic segues. Um, CE Pro and our good friend, Julie Jacobson, uh, who is just, she always writes fantastic thought provoking pieces, which I always appreciate. Uh, she wrote this and I, I caught this first on Facebook and immediately had to read it while, while on the road this week. Um, she wrote an article called the DIY trend is starting to get scary and it's not all about price. Uh, through this article, she, she kind of starts it off talking about uh, a past article she wrote about buying a TV from Amazon um, and really use that to call out the fact that uh, all this new DIY product that is flooding the market isn't you know, dramatically going to per se affect the integrators, but it is still scary because you're, there's so many products and so many solutions that are just easily avail- available for uh for the you know our our clientele and and for the you know mass consumers um her kind of biggest point was that we need to continue to 
find ways to deal with the new realities of people liking, honestly, the simple, the simplistic shopping experience of buying on Amazon or, or wherever and buying these DIY products that for the most part, they can integrate themselves. Now, Rick, as you know, kind of, we started off, we know that your, your company is primarily moving towards aging in place and, and things like that. Do you, for yourself, do you see DIY at all? And, and two, are there, you know, are there places where you're using essentially DIY products because they're so simple and they just fit the bill? So the answer is yes and no. Yes, I'm seeing it. Mm -hmm. uh, our client, you know, is uh, yeah, the majority of our clients are uh, mid baby boomers. Uh, they're, they're used to, to go into the big box stores or the, the best buys and they, they see all this, uh, easily attached stuff what used to get used to get me a, all hepped up was why the hell would i want to buy a light bulb i can control one single light bulb i have 30 of them <laughs> down the aisle i can turn on this light bulb and i can change it from blue to green to orange in fact i wrote a response to julie's article about that by saying who the hell cares about a yellow light bulb i mean i don't, I don't want one blue light bulb in the middle of the hallway it just doesn't make sense to me but my clients seem to be intrigued by this, to be able to change the colors of their lights and change the atmosphere of the room with an app. Well, I don't want to get involved in that. So and if they want to buy that, great. It doesn't affect the, the great majority of the stuff that we're doing. But run that forward now a few years, and now we've got, uh, which was big at the, at the show, really big at the show, the Echo. Mm -hmm. yep. And the Echo, people, people start thinking voice, uh, uh, stuff and they can just go on to online and buy this thing for less than 200 bucks, bring it home, plug it in and it works. It tells you the weather. It tells you the, uh, this, if you've got the right, uh, uh, light switches and the, the right uh, radio and whatever you can, you can just tell it to do it, whatever you want it to do. That is scary. And I think the, uh, the, the fact that, uh, it's becoming very popular is something that we all need to start looking at as far as our business model. How are we going to address this? Are the, are no yelling on the screen. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, not uh, even. <laughs> <laughs> there's just no, uh, there's just no way around this, this type of product there. And, and look at, look at, uh, we haven't seen yet what Apple's going to do next. Right. right. Uh, but, uh, uh, there's so much that could be done with uh, with their home kit and uh, a device that's in this, I'll use the word skunk works of their organization that they've been talking about hadn't come out yet. So there's a lot of things coming that we're going to have to address one way or the other. That's definitely true. Tim, is this, is this Julie picking on integrators? Is this Julie not supporting the channel? It, no, I, I don't think it, so. Is it, well, because you know, every time somebody writes an article about DIY products, and if you at all seem to support them, we seem to just see a, a massive, you know, backs raised from the from the integrator channel, all concerned that you know we're we're trying to kill their businesses. What is is DIY as scary as we try to make it out to be? No. Uh, it is to flat out answer your question, no. And, and I go back to a conversation I had with Mitch Klein, um, who is the, the head of Z-Wave Alliance uh, at mm -hmm. Cedia this year. He, 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 he 
said a, a, a phrase to me that I totally give him credit for, but I'm totally going to steal. Don't know if he came up with it or not, but he's the first person I heard it from. And it is the idea of do it with me. Um, he, he said there are three segments now in this industry. There is do it for me. I'm going to call Rick up and I need X, Y, Z done. There is do it yourself, right? I'm going to buy stuff on Amazon and I'm going to slap it in myself. And then there's do it with me. And do it with me, according to, to Mitch, and, I, and I, I, will, I tend to agree with him on this, has the potential to be the biggest moneymaker and the biggest segment where integrators can shine that we've seen in a long time. And here's the reason why. You're going to have folks who, yes, they, they get technology. They, they are comfortable with it. At this mm -hmm. point, the, the smartphone market, and, and I'm going to say smartphone market, is roughly about 10, 11 years old. So folks have been living with these smart, wonderful little devices in our hands, many computers that can do this, that, and the other. So the, the, and the, the, the clients are, are more comfortable with it now. So yeah, I can take a, I can buy a camera, I can buy an Echo, I can I can get I can maybe even I can install a lock myself. But what happens when I get to the point where I can't? When the DIY thing that I thought was all DIY is to the point where it's beyond my expertise. That's where do it with me comes into play. However you monetize that is between you and the client. It can be anything from a monthly service to a yearly contract to an, an ad hoc basis. But you foster a relationship with your client who is a little bit more adept than the average person, or maybe more adept in, in general. And yeah, they're going to buy they're going to buy stuff that, that they're going to try to put in themselves. But when they get to that point, they understand that you're 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 always going to be there at a phone call or an email to come mm -hmm. and help them out and walk them through. And that right there is is the service part that that folks have been have been you know kind of shouting from the rooftops for a couple of years, that that as integrators you guys get to do. You don't have to sell it, you support it with with your knowledge and and with the the experience that you have, by helping them along and helping them. Honestly, the bottom line is you're helping them accomplish something they want to do anyway, which is evident by the fact that they went out and bought this thing on their own. Yeah. So so Matt, before you. Speak, oh, Remember when Nest became popular? I do. Okay. So Nest started out as a do-it-yourself do product. Yep. Mm -hmm. Then they started seeing having problems with guys installing thermostats in their house to know what the white wire and the yellow wire was for, right? Yep. So they started the Nest Pro piece yep. where you can the client goes into the big box store and buys the Nest device, take it home. They can go back online and now find a whole list of guys' local to them that'll come back, come and install it at a set price already in yeah. in place. We're in, we're a Nest Pro dealer yeah, and we we, well. we've done 20 or 30 installations in a 50 square mile radius around our main office. Well, and the, you know, the best thing about things like that, and you know, it, it reminds me of a conversation I had with uh, Richard Fragosa uh, a couple of years ago. And it was, you know, you need to become as, as an integrator, as, as a company, you need to become the expert you need to become that go-to person that your clients are looking for so it doesn't matter if what they buy or where they buy it if they have a question about it they're going to come to you and that's you know that's essentially what the nest pro program was about was connecting right. you know integrators and and people that know how to use this stuff and connecting them with clients so that clients aren't left out in the in the dust uh, trying to connect something. Well, even even more than that, I mean, and not more than that, but also on that same vein, you have the Amazon Pro or the Amazon 
integrator section, right? Where mm-hmm. if, if I go on online and I buy a TV and a mount, Amazon's going to give me an option that says, hey, would you How like this installed? installed? Yep. Right? It, it's it's yeah. it's not perfect. I have no idea. I, I, I need to talk to a couple of guys. There's a couple of guys here in St. Louis that are actually a part of this program. Um, to see how it works for them, both from well, a monetary still, standpoint as well. Fruit, right? Yeah. It's low hanging fruit. It's not that job that's going to make your year, but it's also something that if it's something that you're interested in participating in these types of programs, they can be a source of fairly steady income without anything. If you're an S pro dealer, you don't have to do anything extra to utilize nests marketing, Right. All of their marketing, all of that stuff for, for local service pops up. All you had to do was go up to the website, go through their training, fill out a couple forms, and bingo, you're an S-Pro dealer. And you're that guy who's going to get potentially that call. But, the, just, but the, the biggest part about the whole thing, and I think what uh, Tim was trying to uh, to state is, is that once you get in the door and you do that, mm-hmm. that first installation, we've got callbacks for a lot of other things because of that. Like, like the lock set, which you said you wouldn't, might not be able to do. Yeah, they just yeah. they want to go to electronic locks, and they, they, you know, hey, you read about electronic locks. You come back, and you talk to them about the lock set. So there's a lot of ways you can you can market this program. I'm not as much afraid of do it yourself, but I do like Mitch's comment of do it with me. There's going to be there's a whole segment of people that are DIYers that are just they're going to be that group, and then there's that P that next level of people mm-hmm. that like the product might buy the product and then get it home and open the box and say, Ooh, there's a lot more here than I thought. <laughs> well, and, and the best part about all these types of solutions is, you know, if somebody buys something DIY off the shelf, whether it be Sonos, whether it be a Amazon echo, whether it, it doesn't matter what it is, right? If they buy it and they take it home and they plug it in and it works great. They're not probably not going to call you because they made it work. Right. But they probably weren't going to call you anyways. They were never your client. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you get somebody who goes and buys something, takes it home and goes, man, yeah, I got two of the plays working, but I can't get the third one to work. What's going uh, Let me call somebody. They get on the phone and they call whoever is, you know, their local Sonos guy. And that integrator comes out and goes, oh, you know, it's a Wi-Fi problem or whatever it is. And they fix that problem for you. The next time that client looks to do something, either they're going to repeat that process where they buy it, get it home and go, huh, they're a little harder than I thought. And they're going to call you up again, or they're going to go, you know what? Let me just call, let me just call Rick. Say, hey, Rick, I want to buy this next piece. Can I get this piece? Can you sell it to me? Can I buy it myself? And you guys come in and put it in. And what did you have to do for that sale? Nothing. You literally had to show up one time and make it work. Mm-hmm. And, 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 provi- hang on, and, and provide really great service in the, in the meantime, right? It's, yes. It's not, yeah. that, that is part of the process, too. Oh, completely. You, you have to. But again, that's what we're hoping people are doing anyways. We're, we're hoping integrators are. Pro- yes. And we've, we've all been in this business long enough. We know not everybody does that. <laughs> Why I wanted to say it. <laughs> but if you're, if you're someone who can be, you know, prove trustworthy, prove effective uh, and not be you know, more, more than what they were expecting. You can make a client for life. We got a, we did a small project that was referred to us on Facebook um, a couple of months ago. 
and this doesn't happen very often, which is why I'm mentioning it. And it's by no means to toot our own horn, but it was a very simple, you know, take a TV down, replace an HDMI and hook up a little system. So sent some guys over, we did it quick, did it fast, got everything working and they loved it. So what do I get back when they pay their bill? I get a, you know, a copy of the, the check and an invoice and all that good stuff with them paying their bill. But I also got a note of, you know, we talked to three other integrators about this. Two of them didn't call us back. One of us came out and was ridiculously expensive. And we're already at a price premium, so they must have been insane. And you guys came out, you did it on time, you did it under budget, and my wife can use it. I will hire you guys for anything we ever do. Wow. And I'll recommend you to everybody. And again, I'm not saying that to, to my own horn, but as soon as we as integrators prove that we know what we're doing and that we can solve clients' problems, they're going to hire us, whether it's for DIY or Crestron or anything in between. People are usually quite happy to pay for something to get it done easily for them. And as long as we can supply that, they're going to do it. But the key to that whole thing was, is that you responded, you did yeah. it right, it worked, and you didn't gouge them out the door. No, now I'm thinking I could have just oh, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. See, I bet you, I bet you, you could, you could talk to a, about ninety percent of the of the of the long term integrators. They can tell you the same story. Oh, completely, completely. It's a, uh, it's a big thing. Tim, do we have time for one more, two more? One more, quickly. One more. Which one do you want? Oh, let's do Sonos. Okay, we'll do Sonos. Uh, this comes to us from Macworld, one of the uh, sites that I visit all the time because I'm a Mac guy. So what we do. Uh, Sonos is coming to the Apple Store. What does this mean for Beats? Uh, first of all, it means that people can finally buy decent speakers in an Apple Store. Uh, and hopefully they'll hire people. Well, no, sorry, I shouldn't say decent. I shouldn't say decent because they do sell some decent stuff. Um, but they also sell a bunch of consumer junk. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I digress. Um, the One of the cool things is for U.S. clients, if you go in and you buy a Sonos product at their store, you get a gift card for a free three-month trial of Apple Music which is fancy if you're an Apple Music kind of person. Uh, but the bigger thing is, does this mean anything for uh, Beats, which which Apple bought a year and a half ago, give or take? Um, does this mean anything about that? Or do we even do we even care, Rick? Well, number one, I'm a Mac guy, too. And I nice. also visit the, visit the site quite often. <laughs> I think it's it's a win for both. It gets it gets the Sonos product into another outlet mm -hmm. uh, that is uh, a highly highly viewed, and it also gets people to, that are looking at Sonos can also look at the consumer grade Beats product. But Beats, but if you remember what Apple said a year ago or not a year uh, six months ago that they were starting to evolve some of the Beat product mm -hmm. into, a, into a higher level, and this is going to help push that that narrative, that direction, I think. Well, and let's, let's keep in mind, this is, this is a really good partnership. If you look at Apple marketing and Sonos marketing, it's not the same, but it's in the same vein. 
Well, they they work in this. They, they, they try to work in the same spaces. Completely. They're, they're looking for the that type of a client. Uh, it, it's just a win. I, as I said, I think it's a win for both. I, I, I agree. And, you know, I know Beats does make some some little speakers and stuff like that, but they're primarily a headphone company. That's cool. So yeah. as much as this so article. I would, I would ask you, what does the new iPhone 7 <laughs> do for <laughs> <laughs> versus Sonos. <laughs> awesome. Well, no, again, for Sonos, it's fantastic because people now have to listen to stuff through their home system. They can't put on yeah. a pair of headphones. Yeah, you can't use their headphones anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Tim, is this a uh, does this matter to the integrators at all? It, it, it matters to them because it's one more place where where folks can get introduced to again go back to our last story to that mm -hmm. whole do it, do it with me yep. product line right um, you know you've got and, and the story goes on to, to talk about the other partnerships that Apple has Harman Kardon Bose other other speaker manufacturers Bang and Olsen yep. um, you can purchase those pretty I mean incredibly sounding speakers through Apple stores. So yep. it, it's a place where uh, some of your clients are already going and they're in getting introduced, like Rick said, to these higher quality speakers. Hey, I'd like to have that and goes back to, back to our last conversation. How do I get that in my house? How do I integrate it into, into, my, into my larger system? I think mm -hmm. it's just one more place for folks to get introduced to Sonos and to a, a, you know, higher quality speakers and, and distributed audio. You know, when I when I read this article and, and saw it right off the bat, the it brought two feelings to mind for me. One, I was really happy because again, just as you said, Tim, the fact that there are more venues where people will see Sonos just makes it intrinsically easier for me to sell uh, as a dealer. The slight, you know, gut check I had on it at the same time was I remember when we went through the Sonos vetting process years ago to get Sonos and how big of a deal it was to try and pick them up and how honestly whiny they were yes but you're not apple no 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 no. i know i'm not no no i know i'm not but it was all about all this other this other stuff and and how well you could promote the brand and all this other crap and then i see you know them going into just another big venue and again i'm excited because it puts that in front of more people but it, i also see it as a bit of a a sales decrease for us We'll get the service. We will not sell as much when people can just pick it up at an Apple store in addition to Best Buy. Looking and, at and I'm, I'm going to say that you're going to probably miss out on the initial sale. Oh, yeah. But all the add-on stuff. Completely. Completely. And, and, well, again, I said it was a free. The, other, a the other end of the story, the other story, that, that because it was so hard to get it originally, mm -hmm. you don't have everybody and his brother also competing with you. No, that is true. I mean, there's there's other manufacturers in this same space that will sign up anybody to get the product out the door. No, really? <laughs> in our industry, you're kidding. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> no, no, I, I I I think the Sonos deal is a good good deal. So, uh, in fact, in fact, and as I told you earlier on, we're not a Sonos dealer. We, we sell another brand, but. Because of their actions, we get a lot of play on ours too. Will they sign anyone? <laughs> no, they don't sign everyone. Okay, just check it. Just check it. <laughs> awesome. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Rick, where can people connect with you? They can connect to me on Twitter at Right at Home Tech, Facebook. They can 
Rick Johnson on Facebook. I'm also on uh, uh, LinkedIn. They can call me really? at, my, at my phone, 419-230-4363. And, uh, you know, I'm available most places. Very good. Excellent. Thanks so much for being here. We had a blast. Well, thanks yeah. for inviting me. Not a problem. Tim, where can uh, where can people find you? Uh, like Rick on the, on the Twitters, uh, TD Tim David Albright um, on, on Twitter and, and LinkedIn and all that jazz. Very good. Uh, for myself, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a variety of our other shows that cover all the other verticals that we cover. Uh, when you visit the site, please make sure you stop by and take a look at our underwriters. They, uh, they support us. We're extremely thankful for it. And uh, we ask that you check it out and support them as well. That's all the time we have for this week of Resi Week.